You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. So America has voted. I don't know if you knew that. They voted. And, uh, and they have selected their favorite holiday. Guess which holiday it is? Christmas is America's favorite holiday. Now, I can totally get down with that. I don't know about you, but I, I like Christmas too. But it's interesting when, when America, or after America voted that Christmas was the favorite holiday, they were then asked, why is it your favorite holiday? And I think you could boil down a lot of the responses to, it's just such a sentimental season. It just feels so good in so many different ways. This response from this one lady would, would uh, I think, be representative of that sort of normal feel that people have around Christmas. She said this, why is Christmas my favorite holiday? Why is it my favorite time of the year? It's my favorite holiday because I love the atmosphere and the feelings Christmas brings. Don't you? That the atmosphere and the feelings that it brings. It's such a beautiful holiday with, with all the lights and all the trees. I love the craziness of Christmas, she said. I love shopping and getting gifts for people. I love wrapping presents. I love being together with family. I've always felt that everyone around this time of year becomes a little bit nicer as the warmth of all the beautiful holiday decorations softens their hearts and reminds them of time spent with friends and family. Now, there's just something about eggnog, Christmas music, Christmas tree, Christmas lights, Christmas movies, all of that, that just, it feels so great. It's a really sentimental time of year. Now that's, that's all fine in and of itself, but it's just interesting because as the scriptures present Christmas, it doesn't do it with a sentimental tone. That's not the lens through which the Bible looks at Christmas. When you think about how the Bible brings the incarnation to us, the Bible brings the birth of Jesus to us with brutal realism. You know, it's interesting, back in Isaiah, when Isaiah is prophesying about the birth of Jesus, the coming of, of God in, in flesh, he, he says this about the context of the coming. He says, here's the context Jesus is going to come into. He says, the people of God are gonna be living in darkness. P- people, humanity is going to be plunged into darkness. Maybe you could think about it this way. The backdrop of Christmas isn't a Hallmark card. The backdrop of Christmas is hopelessness. That's, that's the canvas on which Jesus enters in, into the scene. You know, and this was true of the first century. It wasn't a Hallmark card in the first century. There was a lot of hopelessness in the first century. Uh, the people of God were in a dark period. Uh, Rome had invaded and they ruled the, 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 basically the known world at that time. They essentially bludgeoned the world into Pax Romana, a forced peace. It was a peace secured by the sword, Right? Anybody that went against Rome, any people that had an uprising against Rome were brutally crushed. You know, if you think about the people of God, they were living between the Testaments. They were living between Malachi, the last of the Old Testament books, and Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament. And in that period is 400 years, 400 years of God doing nothing, of God saying nothing, of icy silence. There wasn't a prophet speaking on behalf of God. There was no angel announcing a message from God. It was icy silence for 400 years. If you could enter into the people of God in the New Testament first century world, you would find a world filled with untold evil and suffering, a world full of injustice, a world full of violence and oppression of all sorts. And ironically, doesn't it still sound a lot like today? 
here's last week, just some headlines from the last week. This is not the last year, the last 10 years, just the last week, just pulling some headlines. Here's some of what happened over the last week. Life sentence for killer who strangled ex and four-year-old son. Alleged lewd cop accused of flashing. Heartless cop killer sentenced to life in prison without parole. Man locked up for 30 years on wrongful charges. Magnitude 5.2 earthquake strikes Iran. Judge sentences second man in beheading plot to 15 years. Virginia woman mauled to death by her dogs. Strong winds loom as crews make progress on California wildfires. Last piece of Amtrak train wreckage removed from Washington State Highway. Now, you don't need me to, to read headlines for you to be acquainted with, we live in a fallen world, right? A non-Hallmark world. You don't need me to read, you just need to be alive for the last week to know that, right? I mean, it doesn't take like special insights to see that. Life east of Eden, life outside the Garden of Eden under the curse, life east of Eden isn't a Hallmark card, it's hard. It's full of injustice, it's full of loss, of suffering, of death, of evil, of injustice, of all sorts. And like a bright light in a dark night, it's with that sort of background canvas, that, that dark painting of the background, that is when the angel comes and announces Jesus's birth. It's that light on that dark canvas. And here's the way the, the angel announces it. He says, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. You who are living in a hard world, a hopeless world, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Let's just think about that in a couple of parts. The angel's announcing the birth of Jesus is good news of great joy. That's really an amazing announcement, isn't it? I love the way one of my friends talks about this passage. He says it this way. He says, this announcement reminds us that God's answer to everything that has ever terrorized us is a child. Everything that has frustrated you, everything that's produced fear in your heart, everything that has ever terrorized you, God's ultimate answer to all of those things is Jesus. That's his answer. This is why the angel comes and says in the birth of Jesus, that this is great news. It's good news of great joy. And, and the good news is so good that William Tyndale, the old Bible translator, he says, it's news so good that it makes a man's heart glad. It makes him sing and, and dance and leap for joy. That's how good the good news is. It's the good news of a holy God looking upon us sinful and rebellion, rebellious creatures him looking upon us and rather than crushing us, coming for us. He, he came for us and, and his beloved son, he sent his beloved son, Jesus. He, he, sque think, he squeezed his son, Jesus, into, into the body of a baby boy. Think about the humility of God in that. He squeezes Jesus into a baby boy. And that, that baby boy grew up to be a man, a God man who lived perfectly in our place, died on the cross for our sins. In our place, the, the full wrath of God for our sin came thundering down out of heaven and came crashing down on Jesus, crushing him, piercing him, grinding him into a thousand pieces so that for all of those who turn to Jesus with the empty hands of faith, knowing that the only thing we are bringing to God is our own sin. But when we come to God like that with the empty hands of faith, 
right? Hurling our life upon the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This baby boy who grew up into a God man, this, this baby has made a way for you and I to be reconciled to God. Is that not amazing? So okay, let, let me just remind you of this today. If you are in Christ this morning, so if you are positioned in Christ, you have been rescued and redeemed by Jesus. Hell, wrath, God forsakenness, God's judgment is no longer in your future. But here's what's in your future. Heaven, God witness, the welcome of God, the eternal rejoicing of God over you, his son or daughter. That's what's in your future forever. Can you believe that? This is why William Tyndale said it really is news to make a man's heart glad, to make him sing and dance and leap for joy. And so I just wanna give you permission this morning. You can enjoy that. You can find great joy in that. And listen, that's how the angel announces this, isn't it? He says, here's what Christmas is. It's the announcement of Jesus's birth. And that birth is good news of great what? Joy, good news of great joy. Not news of great sadness, but good news of great joy, right? The deepest parts of your heart right now are longing for that great joy. And you know what's interesting? You and I live in a world where every day you're gonna wake up and be confronted with a million false gospels over-promising yet under-delivering on joy. You've got the the, the false gospel of, of stuff. It sucks us all in at Christmas time, right? It, it, it promises great joy through great gifts. You, you've got the false gospel of success. It promises great joy through great achievements. You, you've got the, 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 you know, the false gospel of security. It promises great joy through you having a safe life with a steady paycheck, no risk, a growing bank account. That's where you're gonna find joy. How's that working for you? Right? How's that working for any of us in the room? Isn't it amazing if you give your heart just a moment, you just quiet your life enough for you to listen to your heart, isn't it amazing that you can be well-fed, well-loved, well-clothed, yet when you listen to your heart, you still find that it's crying out for more? Isn't that an amazing thing? Now, why is that? You know why that is? Because there's, there's not a single gift God could give you that's going to produce great joy. Do you know the only thing that's gonna produce that? is Jesus himself. We can keep stuffing world-sized things into our soul, just cramming them in one thing after another. But the problem is you have a, you have a God-sized soul. So world-sized stuff doesn't fill a God-sized soul. And until we get God inside of our heart, we're always going to be aching and crying out for more. It reminds me of the quote by Augustine one of the church fathers, he said it this way, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, oh God. Did you know that about your soul? It is restless. It's always gonna be looking for the next thing. If I could just buy that thing, get this thing. If we can just move here, do that. Surely my, no, no, none of those things are gonna work. It's gonna always be restless until our souls find their rest in Jesus. And the angel is announcing good news of great joy, the one, the source of joy, the one that your hearts can grab and and the one that when it comes inside, he comes inside, it actually produces the great joy we've always longed for. There's only one true gospel that doesn't overpromise and underdeliver, and that's Jesus, right? It's good news of great joy. And then I love this last line. The angel announces, he says, behold, I bring to you good news of great joy. And that great, great news of great joy, it's gonna be for all people. I love that. 
Isn't that a great phrase? All people is such inclusive language that the angel is showing us in this moment that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for us all. It's for the sinner in the room, right? It's for the weak and needy in the room. It's for the haves and the have nots in the room. It's for the young and the old in the room. It's for those of every ethnicity in the room. It's for all people. One of the ways we often uh, refer to the gospel and just sum up the good news of Jesus is like this. Part one, we're all idiots. That's the humbling part. We're all idiots. Part two, we have an incredibly bright future in Jesus. Part three, anyone can get in on this. Anyone can get in on the incredibly bright future that God offers idiots like us. Anyone can get in on that. And when the, when the angel announces, this is good news of great joy for all people, that all people is reminding us that anyone, like really anyone in this room really can get in on that great news. You can, I can. And maybe you can think of it this way. When that angel says all people, what he's really saying is, I bring you good news of great joy for you. This, this good news it's for you. Advent, it's for you. This, this great joy that God offers, it's for you. Will you bow your head? And I just want you to think about that for a moment. Just bow your head there where you are. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, all people like you. Weak people, Sinful people, needy people, the haves and the have-nots, the young and the old, people of all stripes. I, I just wonder if you have taken that decisive step in your life to bring good news of great joy to bring it from way out there to down into your soul. I just wonder if there's been that moment where you have opened up your life and heart to God and you have, you, you've lifted up your life to him and you said, God, I am trusting Jesus. I'm throwing my life upon the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. God, rescue me, save me. I just wonder if that decisive step of faith has happened. I would just hate for you to miss Advent this year. I would hate for you, like so many in our past, to miss the coming of Christ. You know, in, in so many ways, Jesus really does present for every human being a fork in the road. The incarnation creates a fork in the road. On one side are those who bow to him we humbly surrender our life. We, we, we come to him with the empty hands of faith. We bow to him now and we're rescued by Jesus. That's one road. But then there's this other road of we're gonna push Jesus off. We're gonna keep avoiding Jesus. We're gonna keep holding him off. We're gonna keep waiting and we're going to miss our opportunity. But one day when, when we stand before Jesus, we're gonna bow to him later after we've missed it when it's too late and we're going to be ruined by Jesus. See, this, this is the options. Th these are the two roads. It's rescue now or we are ruined later. And I would just hate for any of us to miss this moment. So if you have not pushed your, your life 
across that line with Jesus. You've not surrendered your life. Man, make this Christmas the moment. This moment. You can pray to God right there where you are, just communicating to God. This, this is my life, God. Here it is. I surrender it to you, God. So, oh God, would you come now and meet us? God, would you come and meet us? Father, we are thankful that the birth of Jesus really is good news of great joy, and it's for all of us. For every single one in the room, it's available. It is for us. So, oh God, help us not miss it today. Whatever it takes for you to open our eyes and to open our ears where we can see and we can hear you today, God, would you do that? God, for those who so desperately wanna keep avoiding and keep waiting and keep holding off, God, would you haunt them? Would you not let them sleep until they have dealt with you? It's in your good name that we ask these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.